0: Maverick, I have some things to talk about with Too Hot to Handle. Oh, Namely, listen. Do tell. If I were on that island, I would be Island Patrol. I would be Too Hot (laughs) to Handle. You'll be the accountant.
1: He is the hall monitor.
0: Like Kale's is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. So, how about you explaining to our lovely listeners in
1: the beginning of this episode what Too Hot to Handle is about? Yeah, this is the next show that you should be watching on Netflix. It's another dating kind of show. I know we already talked a lot about Love is Blind. We all really like that. This definitely takes a lot of different turns on things. So, basically, it takes, in the, in the beginning part, it takes five guys, five girls, and puts them in a paradise-like environment, uh, kind of like all your other kind of dating shows, Bachelor... Uh, love is blind love island love island because there's a lot of mixes to it and so they are very uh how do i say it, it they they explicitly acknowledge that these are the kind of people that are your partners these people that you know very much like to enjoy the moment they you know having partners yeah. every single high night. libido high yes. libido <laughs> high sex drive you know they're, they're living their best lives um, serial swipers, I think, was a, a term that they used for them, and these are some very, very, very attractive people, and so naturally they kind of put them all together, and they all kind of just vibe with each other, me like, oh, we know what's up, this is about to go down. So they they spend about <laughs> you 24 know the vibes
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> like twenty four hours goes by, they and then this like automated thing comes up. Her name is Lana, and lets them in on a little secret. They've all been told that they're coming on a untitled gaming show, but don't know the exact purpose. Well, she lets them know that this is kind of a way of, you know, getting a new outlook on things. So, rather than letting them go through the vibes, they will spend the entirety of their trip on this paradise island without refraining from any kind of sexual or intimate contact. <laughs> so, no kissing, no touching, no sex. No to touching. To their immediate horror. No touch. <laughs> Like there is immediate horror on their faces. And, and so it's a whole thing of establishing deeper connections and whatnot and uh, learning more about yourself. Um, so it's really fun. Cause <laughs> naturally, all these people that are living that life on a day-to-day basis are having it taken away from them. So they get very frustrated very quickly. And it's so, just fun to laugh at. So there is a $100,000 pot. Uh, that they get that
0: the 10 people get to split at the end of the season. Um, but every time they
1: do something that's not allowed, money gets taken out of the pot. So like a kiss is a $3,000 fine. Any kind of intimate touching or heavy petting is $6,000. If you do have sex with someone, it's $15,000. And so naturally, they kind of have like a, a bonfire-like scenario where they go over what's been deducted for the day, but they don't necessarily outright say who caused the fines, and so that naturally causes some, some drama at times between people, especially for the serial offenders and such, because you're messing with people's money, like Colby referred to. So at the don't beginning. mess with my money. I listen <laughs> If I were on this
0: island, I would put my RA hat would come on, I would recruit people to my cause, and we would have rounds every every so often we are checking all the rooms there are no getting two escorts people. to the bathroom two people cannot be alone in a room at a time like we are not you do
1: the van trip, to tape the
2: doors totally with the head of neighborhood watch
1: oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm telling and then one of the funny <laughs> things is I mean, it's very quickly like diffused, but then at certain points they introduce other people and don't right off the bat tell them either what's going on and so they get onto the island and they start acting like they normally act and then everybody else has to be like whoa there you gotta calm down a little bit (laughs) and then they to their horror they find out the rules of the game and then some are like yeah screw it I'm not doing it
3: does anyone get voted off or are they all there for the, the longevity
1: it's not a vote off situation I will say there are points where some people leave for who knows when um lana can either send you for because she doesn't feel you're embracing the process enough or you can even leave on your own volition if you have either felt you've learned your lesson or (laughs) haven't learned your lesson at all and are just going to go back to normal interesting how much is the yeah how how much money oh it's a hundred thousand
3: Don't mess with my money. Don't mess with my money. (laughs) So there's
1: a guy on the show named Kells who is – he calls himself the accountant. He's very much the person like (laughs) – wait, when there is a fine, he's like, yeah, you just cost me a night in Dubai, brother. So stop Stop it. Stop that. It's like the dad from
3: Everybody Hates Chris. Yeah, get that mess out of here and then there's some people he that, said that's 65 like, cents worth of chicken you leaving on that plate right there <laughs> yeah
1: like that's seven dollars worth of high five over there <laughs> there's some, like i said also there's some serial offenders i would say and then they often kind of get some crap from the group Nah, at some point we're fighting <laughs> <It's>
0: like, <laughs> you're and then there's some people like that, that i
1: just do not like and yeah we can talk about that once everybody's seen the show yeah,
0: after it's gotten to sit for a while, but Maverick and I agree on the, <laughs> at least on one person. At least on I one person. Like, yeah. And it it's I, like I said,
1: once you see the show, I'm pretty sure you'll 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 know exactly who we're talking about. Just like I knew
3: that Carlton and Jessica were gonna be issues.
1: Yes. <laughs> no, highly recommend it. It's good old it's just as trashy, if not more trashy. I would definitely say it's more trashy. Then love is blind. Given <laughs> what's going on regularly, so oh, it's good. Uh, there
0: is okay. So we have been playing some games. We have been watching some shows and watching movies. There's also been recruiting news for Carolina. So do we want to tackle that? Yeah, let's definitely do that. Uh, would you like to, David or Maverick? Uh,
3: I can talk about basketball uh, really quick. I know that yesterday we got a four-star 2021 wing player named don styles um who is out of kinston uh which is notably the home to the likes of jerry stackhouse and reggie bullock and brandon ingram uh and such and such so there's that that connection right there and so he's a four-star wing player he is the number one player in north carolina at this moment so it was a very big um first get for roy williams in 2021 because i if i remember correctly i think he's the first person to commit for 2021 he is so that's our that's the first domino and he was um competing or we were competing with nc state and clemson so there was an extra little spice of haha gotcha um and we kinda did the Clemson thing where you know like or the we did the Clemson football thing where, you know, there are the schools that recruit a player for the long term and then there are the big name schools that jump in like a month before and then they commit to that school. We did that with him, like NC State and Clemson were recruiting him for a year plus and we jumped in like hey. three weeks ago and <laughs> he committed,
1: so Yeah, uh, send that what you doing text. <laughs> Now, yeah. And ultimately, it's the sort of thing where I I think no matter when we offered, he would have picked us. It's very clear that he had a lot of connections to Carolina. It seems like he's very good friends with Reggie Bullock. Um, just natural, the Kinston pipeline, historically, that goes to Carolina, Brandon Ingram being the exception to that rule. So I, it, still, I think it was still very likely he would have came. He would have come he here, man.
3: It was set up nicely, but the whole... And it's still
1: relative terms, too, I would say, because he's still committing as a junior. So... We're saying that we offered quote-unquote late, but we offered when we probably normally would offer somebody where he's still just a junior. He still has next year before he's going to be able to come anyway. So it's still relatively early in the process, but still he chose us less like three weeks after getting our offer.
3: There's this uh, pervasive opinion or thought that Roy Williams offers recruits late "Quote unquote," and I don't know. Like I feel like recruiting wise, Roy does pretty pretty well, and I don't think. Yeah, recently I I think think there's plenty
1: of things to say the otherwise for that. You look at Kobe White, who committed very early in the process. Dayron Sharp, (laughs) Dayron Sharp committed as a sophomore. So did Walker Uh, Kessler. Leaky Black committed as a sophomore. Uh, You have to think. I think Isaiah Hicks accepted his offer if i remember an hour or so after it was given to him <laughs> uh, i think brandon huffman was another one that accepted pretty quickly after getting his offer right speaking of him he's going to jacksonville state it's so the best yeah. of luck to him there was that the it, what is that the ovc no uh, ovc it,
2: is ohio and jacksonville state is in florida right i think
1: no it's in alabama
2: Uh, Well, it's still not the Ohio Valley. (laughs) What
3: What is it? What is the eight? Is it the eight? Eight ten? What is that?
2: No, I'm getting
3: my leagues confused. I don't know.
2: Oh, they are in the Ohio Valley Conference. Wow, I was wrong. Boom. (laughs) That is a major surprise to
1: me. No, I feel like no teams in the
2: Ohio Valley Conference from Ohio. (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) Hey, it makes sense (laughs) if you don't think about it.
2: Next you're gonna say there are no teams from Missouri in the Missouri Valley Conference. Look it up. <laughs> I am.
1: But no. Hopefully that gives him a better kind of opportunity to be able to develop better, so I wish nothing but the best for him. There's
2: yeah. one school from Missouri in the Missouri Valley Conference.
3: I really like I, I wanna put a I wanna put an over under on how many dunks Brandon Huffman will get in <laughs> the Ohio Valley Conference.
1: Fortunately, I, I don't watch enough, but I would say between 25 and 40. Is that too thinking, big of a parameter?
3: I, I was thinking like 30. I was thinking over under 30. I'm going the over. I'm betting the over.
0: I'd go over. I mean, he's a day one starter there, right? Like for sure. Oh, yeah, totally, would he probably. have to sit a
1: year unless this waiver gets approved? Probably, yeah. So what? sit one, play one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, it's, everything points to the fact I feel like this waiver is going to get approved, and so would they retroactively have, like allow the current transfer portal people to be able to be waived? Uh, I think that the current
0: way the NCAA is tracking these things is they are more likely to waive than not, but I'm not entirely sure. We also had a big pickup in the football world. Uh, two big pickups in the football world. Yeah.
1: yeah. A two-for-one special.
3: I remember yeah. I was out walking in my neighborhood, and I saw the tweet, and I stopped. And I was like, holy. And I said an expletive, and there were children playing hopscotch not too holy far quack. away from me. <laughs> I said, holy quack. <laughs> but, yeah, so, Rawa, what is it? Rara, what's his last name? Dil, uh, Dilworth. 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 Rara Dilworth it was between... Alabama and UNC, and holy crap, <laughs> picks UNC four-star linebacker. Yeah, from very, Kernersville. very well-equipped athlete. And watching his commitment interview that he had, I can't remember who it was with. Maybe it was probably inside Carolina. It was Ross Martin. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he was talking about how you know he loves Alabama, and obviously you have all the history, the the winning, the championships, and. You know, obviously, you have Nick Saban, and he spoke specifically about how there's a Hall of Fame coach at Alabama, and he was like, "Well, when you've got a Hall of Fame coach in your backyard, I think he said at the crib." I mean, you can't really beat that, and that's like that's the Mac Brown effect right there. That's it right there. You that's <laughs> that's where it comes into effect, I think. So,
0: Brian Ives, um, at a worthy of ESPN, said Jarrett Wilson is the hundredth player in the ESPN Junior 300 to commit from North Carolina. All 11 are from the state
1: of North Carolina. And so that goes into the second one. So we're, he gets the decision. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here comes offensive lineman Jared Wilson. And then we're like, oh, what's happening? He's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm also going to commit to the University of North Carolina. And so <laughs> it's sent off. I mean, there are definitely signs pointing to it in the last couple weeks when Renera uh, announced that he was going to be deciding. He kept kind of quote t- tweeting his stuff and kind of, I don't know, teasing along with him. Um, So it sounded like, at the very least, where he was going, Jared was. I think one thing that introduced some uh, a bit of drama, I guess, is that Alabama offered Jared Wilson last week. I guess that's kind of like a last-ditch kind of move. Um, But obviously, they kind of played it well, acted like it was a big thing when it looked like their minds were already made up. So
0: i'm trying to figure out how to phrase this i am concerned because big changes in recruiting without like big success on the field prior uh gets me worried
2: (laughs) in what sense
0: and um, and what is convincing these recruits to all of a sudden they want to come to the University of North Carolina? If we're, stupid, here. if we're
3: stupid, if we're stupid enough to do anything outside of NCAA guidelines, I'm sorry, we deserve we deserve the death penalty at that point. If we're
1: stupid <laughs> enough to do that, Be, taking from an optimist perspective, I just want to say think that you know it's Mack Brown. He is a Hall of Fame coach. I think put playing the national championship game a couple weeks ago. I mean it's pretty short time frame in the long scheme but someone who has a national championship pedigree who had history at North Carolina that is probably already has good relationships with a lot of the high school coach who at least had some involvement back in the 90s when he was coaching and it it should be pretty simple that the in-state flagship school should get the best recruits from that state and so it's just been a thing where we haven't really taken advantage of that in years past so it seems alien that we're doing so well now when it's a pretty simple formula we are the university of north carolina the flagship school of the state and there are people that want to stay home it was just a thing where there wasn't a place to stay beforehand and so they would go out of state to the major programs you kind of look at that on a basketball kind of scene you're normally a carolina or duke is going to get the best in-state recruit but they are so good that they're getting out-of-state recruits as well and so I think it it it's just what it was meant to be this whole time. And hopefully it goes forward because if, if this becomes a consistent kind of thing, especially over the next two or three years, that's a lot of talent that's going to be on the football field. Mm-hmm. I am going to enjoy these next three to five years of Carolina football. No. <laughs> Someone, I forgot exactly who said it on Twitter, but put it in good words. If we somehow get to a college football playoff kind of level, and when the dagum thing, you can't tell me nothing.
3: <laughs> uh, we will be insufferable. <laughs> already more insufferable than many already think we are. It, you know, it, it is to your point, Maverick. I mean, like they've talked the last two years about building a wall around NC. And, you know, Mac Brown stated multiple times on the record that he believes that there is enough talent in North Carolina to win a a national championship.
1: And there is. And that's the whole thing where in the past, North Carolina is a very good state for recruits. And that's just they go out of state. And I think if you would go ask a lot of the recruits that went to Clemson, to Alabama, to Georgia, all these big schools, I think if you ask them if there was an in-state program that was a powerhouse or that – you know, gave this kind of a priority to in-state recruits. Would you have given them bigger consideration? I'm sure several of them would have resoundingly said yes. It just that wasn't the case. Let it be the decisions of the previous coaching staffs, or it might just been just a different period of kind of r- recruiting strategy stuff. But the big thing is, is that we all know that Max Brown's times here is very limited. It's he's not going to spend the next ten years at Carolina. But whoever does take his place, he's giving you a very simple formula to follow to keep yourself successful.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we have the number two recruiting class right now for next year. Granted, before it's a lot ridiculous. of the big name five-stars recruit or commit, but we have the number two recruiting class right now with 13 of our 14 commitments from the state of North Carolina.
1: And if you look on the board of the remaining in the top 25, a lot of them are on our radar and are mm-hmm. leaning favorites for us. So a lot of the, I think the biggest one now, pro- the biggest fish now is Peyton page. He's a defensive tackle. I think he's from Dudley. Um, that's probably the biggest one, but he probably won't be someone that decides till probably December or such, because I think he is a five-star defensive lineman. He's down to us, Tennessee and Clemson though. So that's also good news as well. And it's just the domino effect. When more and more guys commit, it's, Especially if you want to ride the wave, quote unquote, you're going to keep going, especially because then it becomes kind of like a group mentality. And so I think uh, there is another one that's Javari Ritzy. He's a defensive player that's also heavily leaning towards I know he was interacting with Ra-Ra's tweets. He kind of did a he's like, let's start a new hashtag. It's NC 2 UNC or something like that or the Tar Heel takeover and everything. It, I mean, it starts a wave and it just creates a domino effect.
3: It's yeah, it's very it's good to see, especially uh, those last few years. Like I don't want to throw Larry Fedora under the bus too much, but I I mean, I did hear and especially now that Mac Brown is around, like the relationship that he had with North Carolina high school coaches specifically was not the greatest. Um and just hearing the buzz, like I work at a middle school and even from the middle school level like I was like there I think somebody came out to me and they're like did you hear Mac Brown's at, at the high school and I was like really what
2: <laughs>
3: this high school <laughs> like you know like no, nobody wants to come to Harrisburg North Carolina and <laughs> you know he's here so that kind of visibility attention to detail building those relationships in state with coaches who will then you know recommend your program for kids it, it means something so and then, uh, it's good but- to see.
1: Yeah, and credit where credit dues, too. It's not only Mac. I think it's some of the coaching staff as well. You have to think about Jay Bateman, yeah. who had a fantastic season last year as defensive coordinator. Definitely has a lot of schemes and a lot of things he wants to be able to put into the defensive side of the ball. And so recruiting guys that fit that kind of scheme, but also just naturally talented kind of players. You look at Dre Bly, who is basically – you can point to recruit and say, here is someone that played for Mac Brown at the University of North Carolina – had a very successful professional career, won a Super Bowl, and is now coaching and wants to make you just like him. And so that's where we're getting a lot of talent from the Virginia area, the 757, because I think there is a cornerback by the name of Tony Grimes. He's the number one cornerback in America that he we're recruiting and have good chances for right now. So having players like that, Coach Cross, who played on the defensive line for Carolina, um, Kevin Connolly, I believe is his name is the new director for high school relations. So – it's not too a new much position. where that's it's a, a bunch new position, of yes-men for Mac Brown, but it's people who know how he functions, knows how successful he can make you, and then can re- and project that when talking to the recruits.
3: So, so That's a new position, right? The director of high school relationships or something? That is correct.
1: Mm-hmm. They just made that. I think he came from UNC Charlotte, but he was a captain on some of the 90s teams. So to zoom out a little from just UNC to the whole ACC –
0: I was listening to the AC2 and ACC podcast, and Lauren Brownlow and Brandon Marks said that there have been substantial talks about moving the season from September to February.
1: So instead of
0: having all the games in the fall, they start them in the winter and go into spring.
3: How y'all feel about that? That's going to be tough. Going into the next season, if they want to have some sense of normalcy, like you, if you start in February, like would you try to start again that next September? Like that turnaround is really quick and probably not healthy, and probably
1: not healthy for the kid, like for the players, because then it makes such the domino effect. Eventually, either you're going to have to cut a season, or you're going to have to go right into a new one. Because if you just keep it that same way, it's it's just going to push on to the next year into the next year. So. There would have to be some sort of accommodation made, either like I said, either cutting a season completely, or just doing such a quick turnaround for the next season. Maybe I maybe. imagine it would Ooh, be sorry, something where like you start
0: in February one season, you start in December or November of the next season, and then maybe like late September of the next, and then like four years down the line you were back starting in September. That's what I was I thinking.
1: I don't know if that if it might this might help is maybe start directly an ACC play or cut all non-conference games.
3: I did see that thrown around.
1: But then that really messes up the bowl kind of schedule or bowl eligibility would they have to change the bowl eligibility cuz then they're they are you would only be playing what 6 7 games. Um, 8 games. Yeah. I think you'd have I mean, to
0: I don't I don't think we are getting any uh, because, like, you can't, in good faith, with that being the big part of this, you can't, in good faith, (laughs) bring these kids back on campus if the campus
1: isn't open. I think that's that's probably a bigger thing where there are a lot of schools that are talking about that they won't start, they will, they're going to automatically start the fall semester in virtual. Like, there won't be anyone on campus until. The winter semester I think that is probably a bigger barometer of of a kind of change at the moment rather than what's currently going on if that starts to happen across the country that's going to be a big sort of like sign that they because if you can't have regular students on campus they're not going to bus in football players just to play a game and then go back home
3: not without a lawsuit (laughs) No. Yeah, y'all really
1: giving up the game if that's what you're
3: going for. You cannot say anything in the name of student athlete or student or like amateurism if they do that, which is a bullcrap anyway. But if they want to keep saving face,
0: but hey, get rid of like a ninety degree. There won't be any ninety degree games in North Carolina. I'll take that.
3: <laughs> so like you finish, so. As you're ramping down from basketball season and March Madness is starting, you would start to get football. I don't know. I kind of like that.
0: I, I would I would think that basketball would also
3: be pushed. That's also true. So it wouldn't be March Madness anymore. It would be like July Madness. Like June Madness. Yeah.
1: <laughs> July Madness.
3: I don't know, I think it's an
0: interesting idea. I'd like to see it just because I think it would be I don't know, it would be interesting.
3: I, I, something has to give. Especially if this is if this is going to affect now this could all be a moot point. Like I didn't know like we don't know what two weeks from now is gonna look like, let alone like five months. But we can take our best guesses and if the if it does end up being this way, something is going to have to change. I think they're going to try to avoid at all costs uh, suspending the entire season.
0: Yeah. Uh, just because a lot of institutions can't take that. Financially? Like they, right, they just yeah. straight up financially can't take that. Honestly, this might lead to what people have been talking about for like the past 10 ish years of the Power Five schools having their own conference or having their own organization because they're the schools that can take it. Mm
2: hmm. Can you get
3: into that for all... per- No uh, you go sorry. No, I was just going to oh. ask cuz I, I didn't I haven't I haven't heard that before. I don't think.
0: Oh, it's like the the Power 5 um splintering off from the NCAA.
3: Oh, interesting. And,
0: and just having their own thing uh, just because like uh, and Aaron, I think you're saying some, something about like not every school in the Power 5 can like sustain itself yes. like a like a Bama or, or Ohio State whatever. But those schools are also being subsidized by the rest of the schools in the conference. So, like, yeah, Wake Forest, Northwestern, like, those schools, athletic departments, Rutgers, are not as... Good lord, Big Ten, where are you doing? Maryland. <laughs> the, the, like, those athletic departments aren't as robust as a UNC, or a Alabama, or even, like, a Duke. But I, I think that Having that, having the um, framework in place to help them, I think it would be feasible.
2: Yeah, I think it's possible, but like Cincinnati, who they are no longer a power five team, they're a power six team now, but they are a former Big East member. They cut their men's soccer team last week, like permanently Mm -hmm. because of money. And I think that, that that they are probably the first domino of a large domino effect of a lot of schools cutting athletic teams because the money is just not going to be there. And so yeah. while schools like Ohio State and Alabama and Texas are going to be able to handle it because of how much money their football programs bring in, the vast majority of schools aren't
0: for sure i don't i mean yeah cincinnati is just the first there are going to be many others i mean if i'm thinking about power five texas a&m comes to mind because texas a&m goes as crude oil prices go like no lie (laughs) um all of the money from their boosters comes from oil and right now oil prices are very very low so if i had to put my money on the first power five school to start um seriously cutting things i don't think that texas a&m is a bad bet wake forest is struggling with money maryland has its problems rutgers has its problems like it's this is going to be very interesting from like an academics perspective of how this is going to affect college athletics
2: Mm -hmm. back to the conversation of conferences I was looking up weird named conferences earlier and (laughs) schools that don't fit geographically into a conference. There was a former division one conference from 1958 until 1954, the East coast conference, which included schools from Maryland, uh, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, Delaware, all of which makes sense. And then it also included schools in Alabama and Illinois as the East Coast Conference.
0: I mean, the Atlantic Coast Conference has Notre Dame.
2: True. <laughs> True.
3: Quote, unquote, Notre Dame. With, with an asterisk. Have we talked about Cole going pro? We? No, we haven't. Cole, uh, Cole Anthony officially said that he is going into the NBA draft to nobody's surprise. I was surprised at the amount of negativity directed towards him in the comment section.
0: Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, I don't read the comments, so I did. not I also know that did happen. not read the
2: comments. It's a lot
3: of bye, we we sucked anyway." Uh, You're overrated, and it's from like our own fans. It's it, or at least from what I could see. I'm sure there was a lot of trolls in there anyway, but. It's just really annoying to see. I have my own opinions about that season, and I feel like we all have the same opinion where it's like without Cole, we would have been a trash fire (laughs) more so than it already was last year. So I don't know. I think he's going to do a lot better in the NBA. I think the spacing fits him better. Um, And quite frankly, he's not going to have to create his own shot as much as he did in college because he was really – it (laughs) he was the shot maker
0: yeah i've already like pushed last season out of my head
1: like nothing about last season bothers me (laughs) anymore (laughs) still beat state yeah twice i feel like once we 20 years down the road it'll be a lot easier to look back on this season with everything that happened uh, because of what's happened with the coronavirus we're not even gonna think about the fact that we didn't make the tournament because the tournament didn't happen
2: Mm-hmm. Technically like,
1: we so when this time period gets we did not up,
2: miss the tournament. We did yeah. miss the
1: tournament, so. So like I said, when it when this gets brought up twenty years from now, the first thing he was gonna say is the NCAA tournament got cancelled, not that we didn't make it.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh
1: I
0: saw who was talking about it. I th- but Monty Jones is who brought it up on Outside the Line, speaking of things that got cancelled. He said that Jimmy Garoppolo um, sucking it up in the Super Bowl might have saved the city of San Francisco. I did see that. Because <laughs> that was like one of the first places of confirmed coronavirus. And if Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers would have won that Super Bowl and they had hundreds of thousands of people in the streets in the parade, it really could have spread like wildfire. And then San Francisco is looking a lot different today than it is now because um, Jimmy Garoppolo decided to throw a pass with his eyes closed in that game. Um, so thank you Jimmy Garoppolo for saving San Francisco. It really means a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Do we have anything
1: else? We do have the last dance coming on tonight. Finally. After a long wait. we thought I think it was supposed to come out in June? Or May? Mm-hmm. June. June. And so with everything going on, there's not much else on TV. So ESPN... Smartly was like, hey, let's move this up because we'll get good ratings because no one else has anything else to do. And so it's a 10-part series. I think they're doing two episodes a night from 9 to 11 on SportsCenter. They have the unedited, so so the explicit version on ESPN, and they have the bleeped-out version or the quacked-out version on ESPN2. So basically, one is the the Chum Bucket, not the Chum Bucket, or Weenie Hut Juniors. (laughs) And what was the other one?
2: Uh, the salty spittoon.
1: Salty spittoon. Sorry, I, I dropped my SpongeBob knowledge. I, I messed that one up. <laughs> <Forgive me laughs> no, it should be
0: good. It should be fun. Um, Michael Jordan was part of the making of the documentary, but from every, from what everyone is saying, this is not like a rose-colored view. <laughs> Michael. Oh, Jordan. he says
1: <laughs> like people might not understand how he acted, or they might. It might kind of put him in a bit of a negative light. Once they see what he did behind the scenes. Which to me is like, do you
0: know what your reputation is, Michael Jordan? (laughs) Because it's not as a nice
3: person. (laughs) I'm sorry. Dragonfly Jones calls him Velveeta Eyes. (laughs) And I love it. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to be interested to see. Fun note, I didn't realize that the person who got this whole thing rolling was... None other than Commissioner Adam Silver, who then at that time was the NBA Director of Entertainment. And he was the one that pitched this idea to Michael and was in agreement with Michael that said, um, you know, we're going to do this, but we can't. We both have to approve of the use of this footage.
1: Also, Phil Jackson came up
0: with a name. Did he? (laughs) And also, one of the producers is Michael Thomas's brother, also known as Clay Thompson's uncle. <laughs> we, and he decided that this, we're going to do this after the 2016 finals um, when um, Braun beat um, the Warriors. When they said That is when they said, We are doing this documentary.
3: <laughs> we we got to change the narrative, <laughs> we got to do some 19. <laughs> we got to do some uh oh what is it i'm i'm bugging out whatever you know what i mean control um, the media control the narrative
0: it's going to be very interesting to watch i don't know like when i've only seen michael jordan highlights like my nba basketball like awareness was is like 2010 like you like david you say like you never watched like college basketball until like very recently i never watched the nba until very recently so
3: yeah i did not watch I, college like, basketball until 2013
0: i really did not care about the nba until like 2011 2012 so even jordan's run with the wizards i Barely have any
3: aware- awareness of. That sounds about right. I watched the NBA more than I watched college basketball. I think I I remember. Let's see, pre twenty ten definitely. I'd have to think a little harder about it, but still, I clearly remember. I definitely remember. <laughs> I definitely remember the Mavs Heat series. <laughs> for no, <you>, mine
1: <laughs> mine definitely goes back pre that two thousand five. Is I think my. Earliest memory: Dallas was playing the Nuggets when Melo was still there. I'll never forget that. But no, I the the '06 Finals is etched into my brain. So thank you for bringing that back up, David. Appreciate it.
3: <laughs> You're
2: welcome.
1: And <laughs> do you remember when you
0: started paying attention?
2: Yeah, uh, when the Cavs got LeBron, that was one of his early career games in his rookie season is the first memory that I have of going to an NBA game, and that's probably also the first time that I started paying attention to basketball.
1: Because also, I had a really good friend in elementary school in 2005 who came from Cle- – he lived in Cleveland, like, mm-hmm. f- had family from Ohio, so was a Cavs fan. So I already had at least some experience dealing with some, some Cavs slash Browns kind of fandoms. <laughs> but, like, oh, we didn't playing- talk
2: about the Browns' new uniforms.
1: A a bunch of new uniforms. uniforms. Quote unquote new uniforms. (laughs) They're new to me. Because I'll never forget playing NBA Live 05. Um, And then we made the Mavaliers because we combined the Mavericks Mm -hmm. and the Cavaliers. Cavs for Mavs. Yeah. And so it was like LeBron, Dirk. Because I remember we would watch the playoffs together. Like we would go to each other's houses for the weekend for the playoffs because. Was oh four oh five the Pistons series? Uh, when he hit the game winning shot, in like game five, I think against Ooh, the Pistons. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I can remember like being at his house watching that game. Mm-hmm.
2: I think. I my, don't. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say uh, I don't think that this documentary will change in my head who my goat is. Um, I, I it's just, confirmation bias. Yeah, I, I I really don't think there's anything that could, um, that could sway me away from LeBron, and I do not take that as a like swipe at Michael Jordan, because he like there's I mean he's Michael Jordan. I'm not gonna like defend Michael Jordan. He doesn't need, me. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't need me to do that for him. <laughs> but uh, I d- would like to see um, context for all of the jordan stuff you know
3: it'll be interesting because i like you said like i my memory doesn't go far that far back like i was i was born in 96 like i don't have much of a memory of that far back like the michael jordan era if at all (laughs) honestly even the wizards like you were talking about
0: so yeah we're probably most of us are gonna watch it and we will report back next week let y'all know what we think uh we also have some fun things um in the works that involve um some children on bicycles (laughs) um so keep an eye out for that whenever that happens we don't really have a timetable for it yet but when it happens it'll be fun uh anything else before we get out of here
2: i don't know if y'all saw but acc network tomorrow is a carolina takeover So they are showing Carolina games for 24 straight hours, starting with the Carolina-Miami football game from this past year at midnight.
0: Yeah, I'm not waking up at midnight to watch that, but I probably am going to have um, ACC Network on in the background for most of the day.
3: Just before you – so, Hallamay, it starts – At midnight. It starts at at midnight. midnight. Colby, when when is your bedtime at this during the self-isolation? I said I'm not going to watch it. Right, but what is your... That's what I'm saying. What is your bedtime? Uh, Do you have a normal sleep schedule right now? Yeah, I go to bed at like 10. 10 Dude, that's the biggest flex ever. I wake up at like 7.45. (laughs) My sleep schedule is a mess right now.
0: Yeah, because my biggest fear is I'm going to be... One, I I have emails at like 8 (laughs) or 8.15 that people need me to answer. And two... My biggest fear is I'm going to have to go back to work in, like, August or whatever. Um, whenever the work opens back up, and I'm going to have to be at work at at a reasonable time, and I won't be able to wake up. So I figure if I never change my bedtime, then I won't ever <laughs> be crying.
2: I am on a very strict regimen of my sleep and wake times. Um... I go to bed every night at around 2 a.m. And I wake up every morning at 10 a.m. So I'm eight getting hours. my eight
3: hours. My median my median bedtime is like 2.30 a.m.
0: Jesus, what are you
1: doing? <laughs> I just can't. Are you can't, 15 years old? <laughs> I feel like it, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> we probably won't ever get a time like this until we retire, this extended amount of time without working
3: extensively I just, i'm just binging on netflix and i just lose track of time and i'm like ah <laughs> oh boy 2 a.m <laughs> you know yeah, so boy, now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what i do on youtube late at night <laughs> so i'm in the oh, same that's realm. also Rabbit the whole I, I watched uh colby
3: i watched uh, maybe it was one of the long form cats videos that you watched mm-hmm. i think it was Lindsay <laughs> ellis i think is her name is mm-hmm. oh, was that i think that's her name yeah that's her name It was uh, titled Why Cats. And I was like, that's a great title. And it's like 50 (laughs) minutes long. And I have nothing but time. Let's do this. (laughs) It was good, right? It was great. (laughs) It's a great long form (laughs) video. Very funny (laughs) as well.
0: Yeah, no, Lindsay's great. She has a podcast called Musical Explaining. That um, sounds fantastic. Where every two weeks they... Or at least they used to go see her and her co-hosts who hates musicals had only been to like two (laughs) musicals before um they would go and like review the show it was great
3: did she take him to the showing of cats
0: yes that's okay first episode
3: she okay (laughs) she mentioned it
0: (laughs) yeah it's wonderful they did the most recent one was phantom and he hated it (laughs) (laughs) i also did not like phantom so i understand
3: I get it. You just don't like Andrew Lloyd Lloyd Webber? I really don't. Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else? The only Andrew
0: Lloyd Webber I like is Jesus Christ Superstar, really. That's true. That is a
3: good one. But no,
0: that is all I have.
3: Yeah. I mean, I finished Doom Eternal. I think I said that. I don't know if I said it last week. Everything's running together. It's a great game. Play it if you can. It's really fun. Um, And I'm going to start playing the Uncharted series since that's what won my Twitter poll.
0: Do it. It's fun.
3: All right, I guess that's it. (laughs) Sell those turnips, Aaron.
2: I will try and make a big profit. I've been studying up on how the stock market works and the trends, and I have a website where I'm inputting my prices, and it'll tell me when it thinks the optimal time to sell is. It's a good idea. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can send it to you if you want. Yeah, do that because
3: what happened this week was tragic for me. What happened? It got down to like 32, and Yikes. it was Saturday afternoon, and I I was really desperate, so I walked on. I logged on to TurnUpExchange.com and waited in a queue for like an hour and a half to sell them <laughs> for like 160 per turn up, which isn't even that great, <laughs> but it's still Sounds a profit. Good to me. The, the but first I also time I. The first time I used it, I sold – I think I sold 2,000 turnips for 600 per turnip. Oh, my gosh. It was immaculate.
2: Yeah, that's a lot of bells.
3: I was in the 2 million range. It was legit. I was feeling it. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Animal (laughs) Crossing again. It finds its way to pop into every podcast.